Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality, and I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Today on the podcast, I'm doing something a little bit different. I am talking about a documentary that I am producing and directing. It's called Latter Day Jew, and it's about a comedian from the Midwest, gay, grew up Mormon, always felt like he was a Jew at his core. And when he got cancer at age 30, he decided to convert to Judaism. And our documentary follows him on his journey to become the best Jew possible and have a bar mitzvah at the age of 35. It's a crazy story. It's very funny. It's very poignant. And it's pretty profound. So we fully filmed the documentary. It's been my labor of love and true passion project that I'm excited to see through. Um, H. Allen, who is my subject, is we're going to talk about the doc. And what I'd like to do is something I've never done before, which is ask for your help. We are done filming. All we have left to do is edit it. And... If each one of my listeners could donate something to the project, we could raise the money we need to finish this baby and get it out into the world. I sell for a living. I have no doubt this is going to end up on a great network or streamer at all the film festivals. We've been asked to premiere at some of the big ones like Tribeca and Slamdance. So your help would be amazing. And if you just go to latterdayjew.com and click on support, it is a tax deductible donation. It goes through our fiscal sponsor, JQ International. And if you can give 50 bucks, that would be amazing. I could get to my goal within days if all of you gave anything you can give. If you want to give more, go for it. You want to give less, that's fine too. I really appreciate it. If you believe in your baby, whatever that is, your passion project, you know that you need to do everything to get it done. And today I am pulling out all the stops. So here is my conversation with H. Allen about the doc and you can watch the trailer on the website as well. And hopefully you'll love it as much as we do. Well, hello, H. Allen. Hi, how are you? So good to see you. It's so good to be, we're in your lovely home. We are. So this is a first for me. This yeah. is extremely exciting. I usually record in our studio in West Hollywood. So mm-hmm. this is a first home visit. Well, you're- it's Like a hometown visit, like on The Bachelor. You are literally <laughs> the only person I would ever leave like Hollywood base for. Like, or your honestly, apartment, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you made me drive more than five miles away from my home, which is like really rare for me. I don't do it. You. I, yeah, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I know. It. I mean, not that I'm a diva or anything. No, you're extremely However, it is fitting this. that my episode is following Erica Jane of all divas. So like maybe, maybe, and I bet Erica Jane's the same way. Like she only leaves five miles from her home if there's a helicopter or a plane involved. So like... <laughs> Maybe I'm just learning from the best. Well, she knew you were coming up, so yeah. she wanted to, she was important. Was she upset that I wasn't there at the yeah, recording? Yeah, she did. She asked for you. Yeah. She said, where's my gay at? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. No. She yeah. doesn't accessorize or fetishize. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so moving on. Let's yeah. dig in. Okay. People want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. What the hell did we just do? Well, we did a lot. We did a lot. We traveled the world. We did. We've been around yeah. the world. Yeah. It's been a whirlwind. So we should start with the genesis, right? So mm-hmm. you and I met doing uh, another project and you it was a comedy partner of yours. And yeah. I went to dinner with you guys at Firefly in Studio City. Mm-hmm. And I like how you name drop the restaurant. Yeah. Well, shout out to Firefly. Our sponsor this week. <laughs> exactly. Maybe they'll give me a free voucher. <laughs> they um, won't. They won't. And... <laughs> 
Oh, you got, we were just kind of having a normal conversation, but yeah. I was completely fixated on the Jewish star necklace that you yeah. were wearing and I could not get over it. Yeah. Cause I was like H. Allen Scott and you know, it doesn't look like my tribe. And you these... were being a basic Jew reading <laughs> another Jew being like, you're not a real Jew. I was, I was like, who is this poser amongst us? So yeah. I just couldn't focus on any of the conversation. I just said, excuse me, I'm sorry. I just have to ask what, why do you wear a Jewish star necklace exactly? Yeah. And you said, I'm Jewish. And then I explained the story and all of a sudden harps started to play. <laughs> And then dollar signs started to fall from the ceiling. Uh, and you were like, trickle. I see potential. And then I was like, swish the dollar signs away. There's no money in me. <laughs> Wish you had told me that earlier. I know. Um, I couldn't get over your story. So I, I just, I, I mean, spoiler alert, I basically, you told me your whole story, which we'll get into. Yeah, and you, you you threw away the punchline yeah, of I, me coming. Every time every time I do a stand-up show and I'm like doing like any of my story material, you know, yeah. I always tell them don't talk about cancer don't talk about being a jew i gotta have a reveal right the yeah. big reveal has already happened yeah um I, I you told me your whole story and i i don't know what possessed me i just said uh, we're making a documentary about you and we're calling well, it you asked me if if you had if, ever thought about if i had ever thought and i had never thought i mean i i'm not a filmmaker i'm a writer comedian so i don't think i think in terms of like you know, television. And, and, uh, you had asked if I had ever thought of this being something. And I was like, well, maybe it could be a book or something like yeah. that's literally, <laughs> I literally thought that could be my next book was this, right. you know, story. Uh, but I never thought of it as a film. Yeah. And I just, I, I came up with the name that didn't end up being the name, but I just said, we're I making, immediately said, uh, you no said, to no, it. I said, we're making a documentary. We're calling it my big fat gay Jewish Mormon bar mitzvah. Yeah. And I literally, it's a mouthful. I mean, and your listeners would be, I think, interested in why I said no to that. Yeah. Not just because it's slightly offensive, but um, <laughs> also because what? once, once you, I mean, just because of the way the industry is right yeah. now, once you apply like the word gay to something, you make something gay, you're immediately in a different category. Yeah. You're immediately pushed to, I mean, I spent years in New York, like doing stand-up shows that had nothing to do with being gay, but whenever they would list them in like Time Out New York and stuff, they would always put me in the gay section just because I'm gay. And it's like, that has nothing to do with the show or yeah. what I'm doing right. or what this it's is not about. your gay act. It took getting cancer to get out of the gay section. And now you're in the cancer section. And now I'm in the cancer okay, section, so yeah. And I'm better. the only one. <laughs> it's, it's like great. a promotion. Yeah. In the comedy world, that's a promotion. Yeah. Although Tig Notaro, it's kind of like... You know, and it's funny. Been raining her on and your I, play. the same week. Really? The exact same week. Oh, that's weird. She had her, um, I think, a mastectomy and, and you know, her whole thing. Literally the same week we were diagnosed. She's, Did you do she your rained on my parade without your underwear on? No, 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 <laughs> I should have. I should have. Yes. No. When she did her stand up set, I was going into surgery the next day. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So let's start from the beginning. Let's try to do the Reader's Digest version because I want people to see the film once yeah. we edit it. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to give away all the good stuff, but but give us the give us the broad strokes and then we'll kind of get to the last year and some of the fun stuff that yeah. we've done. Um, oh, just like where my story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I so I was raised Mormon. And um, I come from a very liberal Mormon family. Um, we were the poor Mormon family that that they kind of just kept around for like affirmative action because they, <laughs> they needed to look like accepting. So uh, we were the white trash Mormons, and and we we owned that title. It was very good. Um, and my family was very always sort of chill with me being gay and stuff. So being gay was never really a problem in my household. Uh, and but I never really felt connected to you know, Mormonism in any way. And, um, and I always felt sort of detached and I always had these questions of like, why are you focused on heaven so much? That's such a dumb thing to be focused on. That's like focusing on like, you know, living for like, you're going to win the lottery tomorrow. Like that's not, 
that's not what we should be we should be focusing on now. Yeah, you and, were questioning all the time, like Jews yeah, are supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> I had so many questions. In fact, they delayed my baptism because I had so many freaking questions. And uh, and then because boys get baptized late in Mormonism, boys and girls. Um, and so then I went to college, and I I had always kind of like you know been a funny kid and I was influenced by all these great stand-ups and, and uh, different people and in school I remember my counselor was like oh you're going home for the high holidays and I had no idea what she was talking about and then she explained to me and then I started reading and I was like oh I'm a Jew but I never really did anything about it because I was in my 20s and I wanted to like do drugs and have sex and so I didn't you do anything. You were like hi holidays sounds yes. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah sure I did that and, um, and then uh and then, you know, I was doing comedy in New York and just sort of existing and trying to build a career. And then I moved out to Los Angeles when I was 30. And um, right before, like, you know, I moved out here like for my career without any intentions of converting or anything, even though I figured I would just like marry a Jew once I got that legal right. Um, I, uh, I, I got sick. I got cancer. And within like a few weeks of moving, right? Yeah, just a few weeks of Welcome being here. Welcome to LA. I know. It was the Your Hollywood fact, surprise. I remember at the, at the, um, so I had to go through all these like different doctors. Right. And, and I was at this urologist and cause I had testicular cancer and they, the, it was surprisingly busy at the urologist that day, which I was like, what's happening in Los Angeles that everyone's dick is broken. And, um, <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and also in the, in the waiting room, they kept playing Adele, someone like you, like clearly a nurse was oh, going God. through something special because it was literally on a loop oh, nonstop Adele. And they didn't have any, um, like examining rooms open for me. So I had to go into the doctor's like private office to wait for him to discuss my results and stuff, my blood work and, and exams and all that. And uh, I remember sitting in the doctor's office and it was this wood paneled office with all these sort of like, you know, plaques on the wall from like mediocre universities and none mm -hmm. of the good ones. Like I didn't recognize any of them. It could have been like, <laughs> you know, Adirot and I wouldn't like have. like Antioch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like F University of Phoenix. And anyway, like all these things were around and it felt like Jason C like from Growing Pains, like that sort of psychiatrist office, wood paneled <laughs> and leather chair and everything. Aww. And he no, came okay. in and he, he told me that he was like, you know, my x-rays and everything look and blood work look bad and they're going to have to have surgery, but I just need to check for myself right now. And so he made me drop my pants in his like wood paneled office so he could like feel me up. And I literally in that moment was like, this is the worst director's couch ever. Like this is, <laughs> this is where my life is turned right now. Um, you knew Hollywood had a reputation, yeah. but you and had no idea. And then everything started. And then so oh. surgery and then chemo and then all of that. All that fun stuff. Yeah. And then I, um, I shifted like during chemo, I had a lot of time to read and stuff. And I was just like, well, maybe I shouldn't like wait for someone to make me a Jew and I should just do this myself. So I had the time and I started the process of converting. And you found Rabbi Zach, who is Zach Shapiro Temple of Temple Akiba. Kiba in Los Angeles here, Culver City. And, uh, and I started the process of converting and I did the whole, you know, mikvah and everything. And then, um, yeah, then it got to us. And so I'd always kind of thought like, oh, I should have like, an adult bar mitzvah to sort of like culminate this whole experience. Right. But uh, I didn't have any money. I don't, you know, I'm a writer comedian. I don't make money. I, I my art is priceless, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a price. And I, yeah. And so we started the process of doing the bar mitzvah. Yeah. For me, I mean, um, 
I had, you know, I've been making sort of documentary television for a long time and I've always wanted to make a feature doc. And one of the things that I can't stand about documentaries, I love watching them, but about the process is that they're usually 10 year ordeals, you know, because you're following something that you don't really know where the story is going to go. It doesn't necessarily have a beginning, middle and an end. It's open ended. Maybe there is no story and you're just going to see what happens. But what I love so much about your story and sort of the bar mitzvah journey was like, okay, we're going to set a date, which is what we did, which we can talk about how weird it was that we set that particular date, not knowing really what the symbolism was. And then we're, so from a production point of view, I was like, oh, we're going to back into November 9th now. Was it November 9th or the 5th? Now I'm forgetting. I forget. Yeah. It was like the first week of November. It was November. in November. Yeah. Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I've got exactly, you know, nine or 10 months to make this, however long yeah. it was. We think we started in January. Yeah. So that was really, um, from a sort of filmmaker perspective, I really liked knowing it was overwhelming in the sense that like we had to raise the money and then we had to shoot it all. But at the same time, and not just like shoot it all, but like figure out ways to get to Israel and New York oh and St. God. Louis and yeah. all the places. Cause we're both based in Los Angeles. So like yeah. it was a big ordeal to figure out. It was out. a lot. We travel. I mean, one of the really cool things that happened early on when we were trying to raise money was that I called my brother-in-law who's a rabbi in New York. And I said like, who do you know? Yeah. And he's like, I need to raise my own money. No, thank you. But what's the film about? And I told him, he goes, this is really strange, but yeah. we have a couple in our synagogue who are hardcore missionary Mormons met at BYU, which is a Mormon, Brigham Young, University. Brigham Young in Utah. Yeah. And, uh, and they are converting as well. I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. So I Skyped with them and I told you, I said, this is unbelievable. And that kind of became our B storyline in the movie. And because your conversion had happened before I met you, we couldn't capture it and you of course don't have any pictures so we didn't get what to are you get a picture at a conversion, <laughs> a conversion i want to see like literally a, a cone wait, on your head or let something let me just clarify for anyone listening that because most people don't convert to judaism in reform judaism when you convert you're essentially converting on a it's like a, in a it's conference like a, room it's like a wednesday staff meeting at like you know a subway sandwich shop in the back like literally right. it's the most basic thing ever yeah. you stand there you have a little moment you have a little moment with your rabbi and the canter and all that they're and like, they're you're like good. great let's go to let's go to soup plantation like uh, that's, let's go to Jaime's <laughs> yeah I know that's a Philly deli. no not even that not even, it's reformed not even a Jewish we go to soup plantation right soup that's hysterical yeah. um, Rabbi Zach and I are you go the to soup one that told me that soup plantation has bread made out of yoga mats or is that Subway no I swear you but do. that's probably the the veggie patties at Subway <laughs> oh, are yoga throw mats up. okay yeah but wait okay Oh, conversion. Right. So the, the cool thing about this conversion, I guess it's conservative technically, but it was in a, uh, an Orthodox well, mikvah. Is, was, that was theirs? Theirs was a conser- technically conservative. And then the mikvah was actually an Orthodox mikvah. Oh. So we were allowed, you know, to go in and we basically filmed their conversion. I didn't go in. You didn't go in and it was, and, and it was beautiful. And there were a lot of tears. So it was cool. as kind of the be- Right. That was, well, t- uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting you, so that was one of the things I wasn't, I'm digressing, but anyway, so the Mormon storyline, uh, sorry, the, the couple storyline turned yeah. out to be this beautiful revelation that we did not expect. And mm-hmm. we sort of get the beginning, middle and end of their journey, which was great. Yeah. And even though you're so totally different than them in so many ways, uh, the connections between you were amazing. And what was really cool was that the kind of the nail in the coffin for them leaving the Mormon church and coming to Judaism was their ruling yeah, so on gays. There was a ruling like, I don't know, a few years ago now, um, when whenever marriage equality got passed by the Supreme Court, the Mormon sort of hierarchy decided they needed to have a firm stance on sort of the issue of gays in Mormonism. 
And they made a rule that basically said that if you are a child of a same-sex couple, you have to wait to get baptized until you're 18, I think. And then at which time you have to choose between the church and your family. That's basically, uh, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but so that's ridiculous. basically what it is. And so for them and for my mother, even like for lots of Mormons, especially progressive Mormons, because there was a movement within Mormonism that like a couple of years ago in New York, I remember they had all these like taxi cab subway like ads and stuff. I mean, like I'm a Mormon and it was like a Williamsburg hipster and like a fun hat and like khaki shit. And, and I always was like, yeah, you're not a Mormon, but whatever. <laughs> Folklife Magazine is Mormons. Did you know that? Oh, um, I, I don't uh, <laughs> know what Folklife Magazine is, but oh, we're giving them a plug. Clearly we're in the valley. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ooh, burn. So, burn. No, um, so yeah, and so they, they, like a lot of Mormons, were really upset by that. And yeah. it was sort of, you know, but they had also had, just like me, an interest and an inclination towards sort of Jewish ideas and Jewish questions and Jewish faith. Um, while they were Mormons. And there's a lot of similarities between Mormonism and Judaism yeah. because uh, Brigham Young um, or Joseph Smith, excuse me, took a lot of, well, I don't think he would say he took, but he did um, in writing the Book of Mormon, took a lot of sort of Jewish practices and applied them just like Christianity. There's a lot of Jewish, you know, ancient practices within Christianity too. Yeah. So one of the things, and again, sort of the arc of the journey, of course we hate the word journey, but it's mm -hmm. very apropos here was like, okay, you actually have to study and learn stuff for your bar mitzvah. Like yeah. this is, and you know, and you like, I I found out a lot about you in our journey together, which is interesting. How stubborn I am. You're very stubborn. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, he was probably a piece of work as a kid because. Because I have no problem being like, I won't do that. Yeah, you just, you're not going to do what you're, you're like my daughter. That's yeah. why you guys get along. Yeah. I mean, when we were in Israel together, I brought my family and H. Allen and Carly, my daughter, were like two peas in a pod mm -hmm. and I couldn't get her away. She's not someone that really likes anyone besides her family. And she was. Yeah attached to you like glue because yeah. you're the same person. We're the same person. You're not going to do what you're not going to do. You're stubborn. Yeah. Be Arthur Maud. <laughs> totally. And, and it's deceiving because yeah. you seem so go along to get along. It's a good show. It is. It's a great show. Yeah. <laughs> Except when you're trying to get someone to do something. Yeah. And then, so that was number one. And number two was because you're so open seemingly as a mm -hmm. person and someone so easy to talk to, um, you're surprisingly not very emotive in no. in in breaking down those walls. No. So that was interesting. I'm also too. not as open as I give off. I don't think. Well, I I think because we clicked so quickly, yeah. and I'm open that I just expected you to be that way. So that yeah. was interesting too, because obviously it's a it's a funny film, and I mm -hmm. think we lead with humor. You're a comedian. You're yeah. just hilarious, and everyone who sees the trailer falls mm -hmm. in love with you. And in real life too, yeah. um, well, but there all. are other sides to your personality, and you and and I wanted those to come through. I mean, you know, you have this cancer journey that's obviously mm -hmm. not really that funny. And um, yeah. when we picked the date, one of the things that we didn't realize when we yeah. picked it was the symbolism. Yeah, so um, I didn't realize it either. And this happens every single year around this time, like. Yeah. You know, around between September and November, I always start getting really depressed and sort of moody and something shifts. And it always takes my best friend, Brian, um, who was with me during chemo and all of that. Brian, I lived with, Brian is married to another one of my best friends, Matt, and I lived with Matt's mother during chemo. So they're all in the trailer, Colleen and all of them. Anyway, um, and Brian is always the one that reminds me whenever like I, I, I say like, I'm not feeling, I'm, I'm yeah, off somehow. Off. He's always like, oh, this is what you were doing at this time. And it always is a reminder, sort of a trigger of that's why I was going through chemo then, or I was doing this then. And uh, when we chose the date, you know, I'm, I was just like, whatever works for you guys. Like I didn't care. Right. I, I honestly, 
I get so stressed out and anxious about details and <laughs> right. stuff that I, I just, I'm like, well, if you're doing it, do it. Just, yeah, whatever works for you guys. Right. Tell me and where to be. We chose the, yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, we chose the date and then I realized that not only was, did it correlate with when I finished chemo, which in 2012 at the time of the bar mitzvah was five years later, but within cancer, like the five year mark after chemo is also when you're like in remission for that type of cancer that you had. My cancer is a little bit different than that. There's a 10 year window for like leukemia for me. But uh, but for testicular cancer, because of the chemo that I got, I have a ch- higher chance of getting leukemia. Um, but the five-year mark, I'm in remission for testicular cancer. So technically, I have, I'm in remission from testicular cancer. And the, the bar mitzvah date correlated with that, but it also correlated with the passing of a good friend of mine who um, I had met in New York, and we were carbon copies of each other. We basically, I mean, I was funnier, but... We, um, mm-hmm. we, but he wasn't a comedian, was no, he? No, he wasn't a comedian. Yeah. No, he was a lawyer, I think, or an accountant. And but he, a huge cheerleader of your comedy. Yeah, oh yeah, he'd always come to shows. He was the type of audience member that had that laugh that like a comedian just immediately gravitates towards because you hear it, you know. Um, and and we had similar interests. We both were obsessed with Sandra Bullock and Madonna, and <laughs> we both were gay guys who moved from sort of a smallish town to New York City, and and both white and both like had a similar outlook on on life. And uh, he had di- was diagnosed with a different type of cancer before me. He because I was still in New York when he was diagnosed. He was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, which is a spine cancer. It's very um, uh, the mortality rate is not very high. It's like it's you go fast anyway. He, um, so he had that. And then a couple months later, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer, um, which is very curable. And, but we both were going through chemo at the exact same time. And about a month before I was supposed to finish chemo, he was like doing better. He was like, he made a trip to New York and like things were looking up. And then when he was in New York, he had a sudden turn and it was very quick. It was like within a few weeks, he got really sick, went back to Georgia where he was staying with his family and getting treatment. And then literally the day I finished chemo, he died. And it was just sort of, and I read it on Facebook and it was just sort of a, and I didn't really have time to process it. And, and, um, and so I just kind of spent those years sort of just like letting it sink in. And when we picked the bar mitzvah date, those dates, the remission date, his passing, like all of that was just like all in one package. Yeah. It was a, it was a lot. It's a lot. And of course, I wanted to integrate that into the film. So we kind of talked, I'm not going to give too much away, but we sort of talked about how, you know, we could sort of string that, not just into the film, but into your bar mitzvah and make that yeah. kind of a part of it. So we actually went to Atlanta where mm-hmm. Derek, who's your friend, his family lived. And and you'll definitely have to wait for the film for that, because I will say that was really the most unexpected Scary island level (laughs) dramatic. And we're we're referencing Real Housewives of New York. It was, it was dramatic and definitely not what either of us expected, but you know, from a filmmaker's point of view, it was, it ended up being good because it was real and the reactions were real and we were just really kind Mm -hmm. of bowled over by all of it. Um, the, you did have a bar mitzvah. It was wonderful. It was great. You were so good. We were so proud. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. That's sort of the, you know, the, the, the comments in the trailer. So people will know that it actually happened, but it yeah. was, it was super fun. Um, one of the things that we talked about from day one was kind of, you know, could we frame this whole film through um, a, a narrative arc at, that would be a one man show since you do comedy and we yeah. kind of, the trailer even sort of opens like that too with you, mm-hmm. with your stand up. 
um, we talked about, you know, okay, we could sort of do the show within the show where we have Latter-day Jew, the one man show yeah. and where you tell your, your life. And, mm-hmm. and so that, um, that happened. That great happened. audience. I think, it, I think I did really well. You did great. Yeah. You had like these little packages that we call it. Was it was a weird, it, you know. it was a weird moment for me. Like <clears throat> I'm not really, I'm not a nervous type person to perform. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm more nervous when I have to like do something one-on-one than I am performing. And, uh, and so I'm never really like nervous, nervous, but something like that, where it's so personal and it's so me, I have nothing else to rely on. It's literally, there's no other comedians. There's nothing else I can fall to. It's just me. Um, that was a little anxious. I was, but, but, but in a weird way, like the material, like you kept pressuring me to send you a, 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 an outline of what I was doing. And the thing was, like I never really wrote anything down for that show. Yeah. Like it felt so organic and natural to yeah. me to just tell that story and to do it in my way that I never felt, it was one of the rare moments where I didn't feel like I had to write jokes. I didn't feel like I had to write anything because it just was coming from me. And it, I think it turned out funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I that's such a skill that I'll never have yeah. that I, in awe, I'm in awe of because mm. you would have never known that you didn't have a tightly yeah. I basically, scripted, I mean, you know, stand-up special. I basically prepared two days beforehand I wrote out an outline I had a general idea before weeks but like I wrote out an outline two days before and I sort of made that outline the structure of what how I was going to talk about things but the actual material was just there yeah yeah it was fun so I guess my question for you now that we're done filming we're about to edit Mm -hmm. um what was sort of the highlight of the year for you and what was the shittiest part of the year for you that we were Mm. filming um, the Israel was a huge highlight for yeah. me because I love what a trip. Israel and what a trip we went for, um, we went with uh, a wider bridge, which is like a sort of a queer Israel rights organization in the United States, great organization. And, um, they sponsored the trip, uh, for me to go to Israel and we filmed me at pride, a Tel Aviv pride, which was <laughs> fantastic. So much fun. And I will never go to again. Um, and not that it's bad. I love gay people. I just don't like just being outdoors. <laughs> I don't like massive crowds. I, I, you know, I've said it before, like a group of 10 children is more frightening than one man with a knife and a group of thousands of gays is more frightening than one man, one gay. It's just, it's just, there's just so many people and they're all outside and it's so hot and people like to get so naked, which is hot. what I don't do. I don't do that. I'm not one to walk around with my shirt off in a parade. It's like, who would ever want to do that? And you had glitter thrown on you. And I had glitter, yeah. That but was, that was a funny moment. Did we capture that on film? Where at yeah, the very yeah, end, yeah, yeah. I made some joke about glitter or something, and then someone literally threw glitter in my face <laughs> yeah. just as soon as I made I the joke. It. And it was disgusting how I was sweaty and messy and blech. And, uh, and, but it was a wonderful experience. And, <laughs> you know, I, I was really grateful to be there. And then we went to Jerusalem. We went to a bar mitzvah in Jerusalem and we, we met with a wonderful woman named Yiska Smith. I'm really excited to have her story shared in the film. Really fascinating story. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just was such a beautiful experience that like, I, I mean, it was one of the things I don't like the other day. I was looking for my Star of David necklace because I have to take it off to like shave and stuff. And and it's in my apartment somewhere, but I don't know where it is. And I never stress about losing things. I never stress. I'm I'm not one of those people that I have any sentimental connection to anything ever. But I was literally like panicking in the apartment. That's like, it was so important because I bought it in Israel and in the show when we were there. And there's just some connection about that experience filming and like having that necklace. And it's important to me. And I know it's in the apartment. I just have to find it somewhere. 
And, and I know, right? And it, it's not, it wasn't even that expensive. It was a cheap necklace, no, but like it still is important to me. Absolutely. And but it, that sort of cements how important that moment was. Yeah. Because like anything else, I can lose. Like I know baby mean. pictures, I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> right. But like that necklace is important for some reason. So yeah, Israel was a big, big thing. And what was the low light? <laughs> um, probably Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, no offense to anyone listening from Atlanta, but fuck your city. I mean, it's just, we had so, like, just, not only. I was sick as a you dog. Were sick. Okay, I got let me just, we won't give anything away about what actually happened. Right, but behind but, the scenes. But behind it was the scenes, bad it was a horrible experience. Here we get greenlit to go do this thing that we did not expect we would be able to do. We fly to Atlanta last minute, both of us don't have the time to do this. We're both like in a rush. It's a week before the bar mitzvah. You are deadly sick. Like, like almost I shouldn't to the point have gotten where you shouldn't have gotten on a plane. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we get to Atlanta. The dramatic thing happens. We won't talk about that. But then we 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 have time to burn. We have time to burn. So we go. You get you lose your wallet. Oh no. No, it gets stolen. It. it gets stolen. It gets stolen, and then the credit cards start getting spent. Like yeah. Neiman Marcus. Yes. Whatever. There was like within ten minutes we, thousands of charges on my card. Then Elisa and I are on a case, and we start tracking down <laughs> where the credit cards are going. So we drive to the other oh stores. We get to the. We get back to the place, and apparently there's scratches on the car. I mean, oh my god! I and then I lose the that. sunglasses. I lose the, the, the sun. My my like expensive Snapchat sunglasses. I mean, all of these things. And then we get to the final thing, and you don't have any idea to get on the fucking plane. And you only have a police report because your wallet's stolen. So some lady cop basically That's just gives right. you like a L word pat down. I got a pat down. Like it was, yeah. it was quite something. You basically were in a lady porn. Oh, I mean, completely. it was, yeah. And then we get on the plane. I can't believe we made it on the plane. I can't believe that happened. That whole, that was literally the worst. And remember we had to get hamburgers before we got yeah. on the plane because yeah. I'm like, they remember they said we ran out of food on the plane. Yeah. So you need to get food. We had like one second to board. Yeah. And of course I'm like, there's no way getting on that plane without food. I know <laughs> it was the worst, the worst. I mean, I, even I have, forgot about the car thing. I have trouble watching real housewives of Atlanta now. Oh, that's funny. Because I cannot yeah. stand the city. I don't think I'll ever go back. I don't want I mean, I'm sure <laughs> if you want to pay me to, to to perform in your city, I will gladly go. But I'm staying at the hotel. I'm and not don't leaving. don't bring me. I'm not going <laughs> I'm out. I'm a bad luck charm. Someone needs to pick me up and drive me. I want no responsibility. Yeah. Oh, the traffic is horrible, yeah, too. horrible. Remember that? Yeah. We were in like bumper to bumper. This, I can't. Sorry. It was crazy. Atlanta. It was, it was a crazy, it was a whirlwind adventure. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't have traded any of it. Maybe the Atlanta trip. But yes. Uh, but otherwise it was amazing. I'm, I'm very excited to put this together. Uh, I do think that, you know, although obviously you're gay, you're Jewish, those are sort of what we call niche things. Mm -hmm. I think that people will find it's an extremely universal message. I think it's, it really will resonate with everybody. Well, I mean, my pitch whenever I'm trying yeah, to get people to right. like give money to the film or why it's important to give money to the film. Give it. Is, is primarily that outside of being gay and Jewish and all these things, it's 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 a story about an expression of someone being their authentic self and the ability that we sh everyone should have to be their authentic self rather than what they feel they are told they should be or they were raised to be or what society tells them to be. It's I mean, and that, that goes across many different types of people, not just gay or Jewish or straight or whatever. Um, and, and it's about being yourself in a world that tells you you're supposed to be this one thing. And right now with the way things are, especially with the Trump administration and so much that's going on, we're told that, oh, why can't, why, why isn't, why aren't things this way? And it's like, 
They don't have to be that way. They can, you can be yourself. You can, you can believe in these things. You can not be a gender. You can not be any of these. I mean, there's so many different things that you can be. And if you feel that you should be allowed that expression. And I think this film, yes, is a uniquely Jewish story. And if you're Jewish, I think this is a really important film to watch because it's a story about what will keep the Jewish community going for years and years to come. If we get out of this sort of mindset of we have to marry Jews and it can only be within Jewish houses and, you know, we're there's we're a small religion technically in the grand scheme of things. And and in order for the religion to keep going and for the faith to keep going, we have to embrace different stories. And that's sort of what this film represents for Jews. But in universal terms, I think it's really important because it's just an expression of being yourself. Exactly. And I think that you are one of the great honors of my career has been to to be with someone, to spend time with someone like you, documenting you, so to speak, mm-hmm. of someone who really is 100% yourself. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a phony bone in your body. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I wish there was. <laughs> I know. No. I really, I've tried, you know, before chemo, I tried, chemo were, really, <laughs> really was a catalyst for me just to be like, fuck that, this. Yeah. I I would just sort of appease. I was doing the very Midwestern the thing pleasing. where yeah. you just please what people yeah. want. You keep things that is very keep things nice. If people want to go on a hike, you just kind of go because everyone's going. <laughs> and I literally am now like, nah, yeah. I'm not doing that. I don't do outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do non-air conditioned rooms. Like literally, I live in a studio apartment and I have two air conditionings and two large televisions. Like I don't I fuck it. around. You need to be in Florida. I, I see. I see you at a retirement community. You want me to be that hot? Yeah. No, but like you would be in your room. With oh, those I would be. Yeah, the AC would be on. I, would be piping. I think Palm Springs is more my speed oh, because yeah, there's there AC go. everywhere. It's perfect. There's sprinklers everywhere. It's very gay. People love large televisions. It's made for me. Oh my God, it really is. Yeah. It never occurred to me before. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here in my house. Yeah. This is so fun. It's a lovely home, guys. <laughs> a lovely home. The podcast is doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the house that the podcast built. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Uh, no. And, and to that end, I will ask you one more time. If you listen to the end, um, both of us actually hate asking for money. It's extremely uncomfortable. Well, watch the trailer. Go to latterdayjew.com to watch the trailer and you'll see sort of what the film's about. And then yeah. consider giving a little bit of something. I mean, it's a tax it's tax deduction. Yeah, we have a we have a nonprofit sponsor that everything goes through them for donations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're interested in investing, that's a different conversation. Email me, Aliza mm-hmm. um, at ayr-media.com. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you, H. Allen, for being here. Yeah. And um, thanks for having me. I'll see you at uh, when we premiere at our film festival. Oh, bright light.